want to make a lot of money in business, a lot of money in sales, he said. Don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget the money is simply the reward for hitting your target. The target, right? The target is serving others. And I think when we come at it from that, from that uh, viewpoint, from that foundational premise, we really are nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game. Hey friends, you are listening to the CarrotCast podcast. I'm your host, Brady Winder, and today I have with me a returning guest, the author of a very special book to me. It's made an impact on myself and our co-host Trevor, and it's sold now over 1 million copies. We have the go-giver himself, Mr. Bob Berg. Bob, how are you, man? <laughs> Thanks, Brady. Great to be with you. What a nice introduction. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be hanging out with you, man. I'm very grateful for you hopping on the podcast. Um, Listeners, viewers, if you're wondering why we're talking about this book today and an impact in general, it's Impact Month at Carrot. Go to carrot.com slash impact and check out all our content we have going on. Um, there's two reasons. One, Carrot's state of mission is we're, we're here to help you build businesses of freedom and impact. Two, I feel like the majority of people I, I run into, at least in real estate, they get caught in this trap of where they're they're lured in by the the money and the freedom element. Um, that's what draws them into the industry. But for those of you investors and agents that have had any level of success, you know that that money can only get you so far and that freedom can only get you so much happiness. And so um, I'm really excited about what Mr. Berg is going to be talking about. Um, is it's about how to build your business in a sustainable way. Uh, sustainable for your soul. That, that's fulfilling and creates really true value for yourself and the people around you. Um, so I'm just excited to have this conversation again. Um, yeah, let's dive into it, Bob. So Bob, it's been 15 years since the book came out. Is that right? Something like that. It's getting close to that anyway. Yeah. So this might be a dumb question, but what still fires you up about the book to still be, you know, driving it hard and doing podcasts about this book. Why does this idea of being a go-giver still fire you up today? Well, I mean, I think what fires me up about the, the book is that the message seems to have resonated since it's been out. And, uh, you know, when we hear all the great feedback about people who've been able to build a fulfilling, sustainable business that has given them money freedom and time freedom and doing it in such a way that's congruent with their values, uh, yeah, feels good to you know to know that it's made that kind of an impact that's awesome has the idea of being a go-giver changed for you much personally over the last 15 years has that concept shifted at all no no i mean i think it's it's basically just understanding that that shifting your focus off of yourself and onto to others not in a self-sacrificial way not in a doormatty way not in a martyrish mm -hmm. way uh, but understanding that, you know, nobody's going to do business with you because you have a quota to meet. No one's going to do business with you because you have goals you want to meet. No one's going to do business with you just because you're a really nice person. People are going to do business with you because they believe that they will ultimately be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which I think is a fantastic thing. You know, it's, it's mm. what free market capitalism is all about. It means people are always going to do things because they believe that there is going to be betterment, right? 
And so mm. I love that idea. And so when we talk about being a go-giver, it means shifting your focus from getting to giving. When we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is, again, not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, which it is, it's also the most financially profitable way as well. Hmm. I like that. I like how you said it's the most financially profitable way, because I feel like when people hear go-giver, they equate it to what you said. It's it's sacrificial. It's like, yeah. ah, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving something up. This is, you know, sacrifice. I'm giving something away. And that's a sacrifice on my time and my energy. And then I'll have to worry about my stuff later. So for people who haven't read the book or lis- listened to our first episode, man, I've read this book a couple of times. I've given it to family members. I'm like, anyone getting started, I'm like, you have to read this. You have to understand this. Oh, um, I feel like it's such a critical book when you're getting started. But um, for those that haven't, tell me about the 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 premise and what else you feel is like most important out of the book yeah well it's about a guy named named joe who's kind of the average joe right and uh, it was written by with john david man it's a business parable john's a fantastic writer and storyteller and so it was a, a great collaboration a lot of fun and uh, joe is a young up-and-coming ambitious aggressive salesperson who um is very also very frustrated because he he's not having the kind of success that he believes he deserves. And he comes to meet a, a mentor by the name of Pindar, who uh, you know shares a philosophy with him and introduces him to some other people who share that, that same philosophy as it relates to their individual businesses. And he sees that really when you can take the focus off yourself and place it on serving others, discovering their needs, their wants, their desires, You've created that context where people want to do business with you, right? They, they, they feel good about you. They feel great about you. They, they feel as though they know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be part of your life, part of your business. They want to be your personal walking ambassador. And once he was able to make that shift in focus, now he found success was very well within his reach. Hmm. I like that. So this parable, this story is broken down into five laws. You got the the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, law of authenticity, and then you have You know, it's really it's really all about making the experience itself something special, right? Hmm. Uh it 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 has to go beyond the product or service that we offer. And the reason why is because even with the product or service we offer, um as valuable as that needs to be to the other person, there's a lot of people out there who can offer the same thing you're offering, right? And when you say experience, you're saying like pre, like from the very first touch point, first conversation. From the minute you meet that person, however it is, whether it's an outbound or inbound type of introduction, uh, whether you're meeting them in your local community, whether it's something they've responded to on the internet or a social media connection, whatever it is, uh, you're absolutely right. From the moment you first meet that person, through the relationship building process, through the follow up, through the follow through, through the the sales process, the referral process, it's every touch point being where you help this person feel good, genuinely good about themselves, about the situation, and about mm. you. Hmm. What are um, you know, I'm thinking about like one of the one of the things that makes great copywriting great is you want people to feel um, justified and you want to make them feel heard. You want to relate to them. 
Sure. And so is there anything you work into conversations uh, to help with that, to make people feel heard? Like you're on their level that you value them, you value their time. Are there any things you say? Well, I have what I call feel good questions. Mm-hmm. And these feel good questions, they're not salesy in nature. They're not prospecty. They're not intrusive. They're not invasive. They simply help very, very quickly to establish a very strong rapport. And what it's really all about is investing 99.9% of the conversation with this person, asking them questions about themselves and about their business. Um, These feel-good questions, and I've got 10 of them in my arsenal. You'll never have time to ask all 10 in any one (laughs) conversation, but you'll have time to ask two or maybe three. But even asking this person something such as, how did you get started? How did you get your start in the so-and-so business, whatever it is they do? It's not a clever question. It's not a slick question, but it's a question people love to answer. Why? Mm. Because unlike everyone else who just as soon as you meet them, you're making it all about you and your product and your service, why they should do business with you. No, you're making it about them. You're focusing on them. You're communicating that you see value in them. You want to hear their story, right? And this is something very special because how many people ask them to share their story? right? Mm-hmm. Their own right. family members have never asked them to share their story. And here's you who they met for the first time, and you're asking them to do that. That's very special right there. And that communicates value. Uh, mm. Next question is sort of a follow-up to that, where you ask, what do you enjoy most about your work? Or what do you enjoy most about what you do? And this flies in the face of so much traditional sales teaching, where we're supposed to immediately find their pain, right? Reach into their heart and just tear it out so that we can come to the rescue with our terrific products. And And I think this is counterproductive because first, this person doesn't know you well enough to go into their horror stories about life and business, but also they may themselves not even be a prospect for you, but they may know plenty of people who could be. So what Hmm. you really want to do is rather than have them associate you with bad feelings about themselves, you want them to feel good about themselves, right? So we ask mm. feel good questions. Now, after you've asked a couple of these questions, and you can you can get all 10 of them at Berg, B-U-R-G dot com slash 10Q, 10Q. So Berg.com slash 10Q for 10 questions. Just hit the enter and you'll see it there. You can print them right out. Sweet, uh, thanks but, for that. But again, sure, my pleasure. But you'll never have time to ask any more than two or, or three, but we should know them all just yeah. so that we're comfortable asking the ones that we feel are appropriate. And the reason why I say really put them to memory is because if you don't and you're having to think about the next question you're going to ask, you're not really listening to the person, mm-hmm. right? And we yeah. want to be able to really focus 100% on them. So I would say start out with those first two questions. They're very intuitive. How did you get your start in the so-and-so business? And what do you enjoy most about it? Very easy, right? And then mm-hmm. you can add, add the other ones in whenever you, whenever you want. But uh, So the, the, the one key question, and this is not one of the, the 10 feel-good questions. This is its own separate question to be asked really only after the initial rapport has begun to be established. And let's say this person, his name is Gary. He's the vice president of sales of Acme Office products. They sell copying machines, right? And it's the, this question would be, Gary, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with 
uh, would be a good customer for you. Hmm. How can I know if someone I'm speaking with would be, would be a good customer for you? Uh, Jeanette, that's fascinating what you do. Uh, tell me, how can, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with would be a good client for you? Uh, by the way, a, a really good way to lead into this is to say, you know, uh, Jerry, I, I, I really enjoy connecting good people with other good people. Uh, tell me, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with is a good prospective client for you, however you want to say it, okay? Hmm. Now, what have you done when asking this question? You've, again, separated yourself. You've distinguished yourself from everyone else who's really focused on themselves and trying to get you interested in them, right? Um, what you've also done, though, is by the way you frame that question, you're, you're allowing him to give you an answer that's going to help him because it's going to help you to help him, and he or she knows this, which brings more value to the way they see you. So let's just run, run through it really quickly. Uh, uh, Gary sells copying machines, and you say, Gary, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with is a good client for you? And he says, well, uh, I guess if you're ever in an office building or if you're ever in an office and you notice a copying machine, and next to that copying machine is a waste paper basket, and that waste paper basket's just filled to the rim and overflowing with crumpled up pieces of paper, that's a good sign that copying machine's been breaking down a lot lately, and that would be a great prospect for me. So Gary <laughs> has shown you, he's told you how to be of value to him. Yeah. So now, of course, this is just one aspect. Is uh, Then you talk about the follow-up, follow-through, and the different things, so you can position yourself as that that one asset of value to him when the time comes. But But that's how you would you know, very quickly uh, uh, really communicate value upon meeting someone for the first time. Well, and I love what you said about asking about, you know, the feel-good questions. The, the They're not amazing questions. They're not original, but they're ones people right. love to answer. And I can really see how, like, you know, for our audience, um, a real estate investor speaking with a motivated house seller, someone who's ready to sell their home, and they're actually looking to get out of a really tough situation, whether that's a death in the family or a divorce, financial difficulties, foreclosure. They want to get out and they just want to leave to be done with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I can see how I, it could go either direction, you know, asking their origin story. Um, but I feel like it it could really, you know, make them feel understood and build trust rapidly versus solely focusing on, hey, how am I going to help you get out of this problem? But like, mm -hmm. hey, let's take a minute to understand, you know, what was it like when you moved in? How long have you had it? Um, you know, getting to know their family story, that sort of thing. So I love that. And again, and, and you know, these conversations may be with someone you're just meeting somewhere for the first time at a local community event or and you just establish it. You don't know if they're even someone who might even be your uh, a client or customer or someone you're going to do business with, but you don't know who they know. And yeah. when you when you create a lot of value for a lot of people, what you really do is you become that resource. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it that. works. As you said, it, it works in all, all situations. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. My pleasure. Um, I got a, I've got a couple other questions for the sake of time. I, I do want to cover and get your thoughts on the other, the laws here. Would you mind walking us through, uh, kind of summarizing these, the laws of the book here? Sure. Well, the second law, first law is law of value. Second law is the law of compensation. This says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So we're law number mm -hmm. one is all about the value you're providing others. Law number two says the more people to whom you provide that exceptional value, the more money with which you'll be 
rewarded. Uh, law number three is the law of influence. This says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Again, other people's interests, not in a self-sacrificial way, but in a way in which they know you have their best interest at heart, right? Mm. And, you know, the, the, the guiding theme of all my work has always been that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And, you know, there's just no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by genuinely moving from an I focus or me focus to an other focus, looking to, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story advised Joe, make your win all about the other person's win. Mm-hmm. Law number four is the law of authenticity. This says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. In this part of the story, uh, Deborah, one of the mentors, she, she shared a very powerful lesson, and that is all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all indeed very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel, they feel safe with you. Mm. And why yeah. wouldn't they? They know right. who they're getting, you know? So authenticity is just such a key to effectiveness and success. You know, the interesting thing about authenticity is like many words these days, I think the meaning has sort of kind of gotten lost as far as what it really is. I, I see hmm. people these days kind of thinking authenticity means, well, it, it means I have no boundaries. I say what I want. <laughs> hard on your sleeve. And, you know, whatever. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, well, it's not even hard on your sleeve, as much, although, sure, I mean, there's time and place for everything. But it's like, just say whatever I want, do whatever I want. Mm. Don't try to impress, accept me as I am oh, or too bad, it, right? Almost arrogance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is the person who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. And if <laughs> I were to act any differently, I wouldn't be authentic. And of yeah. course, that's malarkey. It's baloney. It simply yeah. means this person has an authentic problem that <laughs> you need to authentically work on in order to become a better, higher effective, authentic version of themselves. So I, mm. I define authenticity very simply, and that is acting congruently with your values. Mm. I think if you're doing that, you're being authentic. And, Interesting. You know, yeah. Yeah. I know I can only speak for myself, but I know for myself, it's wildly important to, you know, like I agree with that. You can't be authentic unless you know what your values are. Otherwise, who are you trying to be? You might just try to mimic the people around you or pick uh, up other exactly. things people yeah. are doing. But I think it's wildly important to have your your product and your company has to align with those values. Mm-hmm. I know without it, it's going to be it's just going to be difficult. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. Thank you. And then law number five is the law of uh, receptivity. And this simply says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And this, you know, this really means nothing more than, than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out. You also have to breathe in. It's mm. not one or the other, right? You breathe out carbon dioxide. You breathe in oxygen. Uh, you breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, despite the the many, the numerous anti-prosperity messages we get from the world around us. I mean, you'd think that if you make a lot of money, you did it on the backs of others, or you did something nefarious or dishonest, and hey, 
let's face it, there are people in this world who do things in a lousy way, okay? Um, but, you know, by and large, especially to the degree that an economy is, is free market-based, and when I say free market, I simply means no, mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else, right? Mm, in that right. type of economy, the only way you can earn a lot of money is to serve a lot of people mm. and serve very well. You've got to put their interests first. You're going to have to do it authentically for right. it to be sustainable. So, so giving and receiving rather than being opposite concepts are really simply two sides of the very same coin and they work in tandem. So, you know, I like to say it's not, you're not a giver or a receiver, you're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is that the giving comes first. This is universal law. These are laws of nature, human nature, and even physical nature, right? We, we plant before we harvest. We yeah. sow yeah, before yeah. we reap. We give before we receive. Right. But when we're doing all that, we have created that benevolent context for success. And when that success, whether in the form of, or I should say not whether in, but in the form of money, in the form of time, in the form of freedom, in the form of love, in the form of friendship, in the form, however it comes, we need to be open to gratefully receiving. Hmm. I like that a lot. I, I like that. It has to come in and go out. One of the things, I think I just talked about it on another podcast recently, but I love the analogy um, Dave Ramsey uses of living your life with an open hand. Like if you're holding on to your money, you're holding on to all of your resources, right. your hand is not open for money to come in. So I like sure. that. That breathe like and breathe out. One thing you, you, you know, a common thread that you've been talking about that's sticking out to me is, um, <clears throat> um, making people is having people's best interest at heart. And so talking about the law of influence, um, how do you, this is almost two questions, but how do you know when the other person knows that you have their best interest at heart? Cause we're talking like, we're talking real estate, you know, day in, day out on this podcast, we're talking, you know, sales of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that people can be very emotional about, very protective and defensive of, Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot of trust to, so, you know, say to an agent or investor, okay, I, I hope you have my best interest and I hope you're going to do me right here. And so how do you, how do you know when the other person knows they have your best interest and what are you doing to make sure that they really understand you have their best interest at heart? Yeah. Well, yeah, because you certainly can't say, Hey, I just want you to know I have your best interest at heart. <laughs> right. Red flag. Says that, right? Yeah. So I think it's just being who you are. You know, it's being who you are. It's being that person who genuinely does have their best interest at heart. Yet, it's not enough just to have that, okay? Mm. You also need to be able to communicate it. But you communicate it less by what you say than by what you ask. And Mm. I think when you're asking questions of people and you are listening, I mean, truly, truly listening, not listening with an agenda, but listening to truly, really understand that, excuse me, that person, to understand their issues, to understand their situation, um, I think it becomes obvious to them. I think it becomes clear to them, okay? Mm. It also has to do with the reputation you build. And that's why referrals and recommendations are so important because that precedes you, right? Mm. So I think it's a combination, but it, but it, really, it, it really is by you know, doing the things that you say you're gonna do. It's being uh, consistent. Mm-hmm. It's being excellent at what you do, consistency. It's having a genuine sense of empathy. Hmm. It's paying attention. 
right? And you yeah. do all those things. And then, you know, what now, how do you know that they know? Well, I mean, I, I don't think you ever, I don't think there's anything that says it, but I think you can kind of sense when that simpatico is there. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you do this enough and you do this consistently, it's probably going to be there, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be there because you don't know where that person's coming from. You don't know what their experiences are and you don't, you know what I'm saying? So there's a, there's right. different. So all you can do is be yourself and be that best version of yourself. And that is going to transfer uh, into, into others trust yeah. because they do know that you, they, or they do sense that you have their best interest at heart. Right. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about, making them feel, feel understood. They have to feel understood. Yeah. And this so is also why I'm a story. big believer in, yeah, it's also why I'm a big believer in testimonial endorsements hmm. that you have on your website so that the people who, yeah, you know, Joe Polish, one of the today's great copywriters, uh, used to say that, um, what other people say about you is infinitely more believable than what you say about you. So let other people say it. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you can have a, you know, on your, your tablet or your, your laptop or whatever, and you have all these people who you've done business with, who share about you, what you have been able to do and how you did have their best interests at heart. And they say it in different ways that come from their heart. And it's something that you're able to show others or, or direct them to that site. You know, all, so again, it's not any one thing, but it's all these things. Yeah. I love, thank you for sharing that. Cause that's something that we preach all the time. I mean, we're essentially at our core, we're a website company. And so we're always telling our members to like, take that credibility, take that uh, authority and put it on your website, get as many testimonials as possible and as many forms as possible and put them, plaster them on your website. Mm -hmm. And so people, if anyone listening to this hasn't done that yet, hit pause on the podcast, go do what Bob just said <laughs> and then come back and finish the rest of it. Um, anyways, we're, we're about out of time. I got, I got two more quick questions for you, Bob. Um, one, you were talking about empathy. Um, Empathy, I know myself, maybe it's just because I'm a male. I don't know. But I know myself and a lot of other people, empathy doesn't come naturally. We're fixers. We just want to fix things. What's been most helpful for you in being more empathetic with people and really helping them like to know that you're being empathetic? You know, make that genuine. Well, so let's look at what empathy really is. By definition, by dictionary definition, empathy is the, the ability to identify with uh, or the the uh, vicariously experiencing another person's feelings, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, which sounds like a fancy way of saying just step into the other person's shoes until you realize that most of us have different size feet. And so we can't necessarily step into another person's shoes, right? Literally, literally we can't, but figuratively it means we can't step into their heart. We don't really know what they're going through. Even if we think we do, we, we're all subject to our own belief systems, our own experiences, our own, right? So I don't think empathy necessarily means you have to understand exactly how they, when you, when you have a good idea of it, great. But, but empathy is really just understanding that the other person is feeling something hmm. and communicating to them. And again, this isn't by what you say, it's more how you show up communicating that you're there, you're on their side, you're there to help them work through it, okay? Mm. As an investor, you know, as, as been for those who are actual realtors as well, but either way, you're dealing with people in 
what is a very, very emotional situation for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it should be fairly simple to be able to empathize with the fact that somebody's having to make a decision that is bringing them either a lot of pain, a lot of angst, there's a lot of indecision. You know, it's understanding that you do these things all the time. This may be their very first time in their, this situation, hmm. right? So when you empathize, you're simply, you're simply communicating through who you are and how you show up that, that you're there to help them work through it. Hmm. That's all. And, and we don't need to make it any, any more difficult than that. Yeah. It can take some work to become empathetic because as human beings, we naturally are, are wired to think of ourselves, okay? Mm. But we don't have to. That's something that we can get past. Yeah. We can, we can sometimes willingly suspend our, our self-interest for a little bit and, uh, and place it on the other person. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, you putting it into those words. It's like we can forget, you know, we have been through something a million times. We know what it looks like, feels like, mm -hmm. sounds like. Exactly. But it's their first time, and so maybe it's helpful for us to put ourselves, you know, in our shoe, in the shoes of what was it like the first time I went through that, or the first conversation I had around this. What did that mm. feel like? Hmm. I like that. Thank you. Well, shoot, we're about out of time, Bob. I want to ask, what's what's next for you, man? What are you most excited about right now? What's on well, your horizon? Yeah, uh, yeah. With my business partner Kathy Tajanel and I have the uh, uh, an online community called the Go Giver Community. Hmm. And we've been building that and it's a lot of fun. And, and, uh, that's kind of real our, you know, where our focus is right now. Awesome. Is that, who's that directed at? Is that CEOs, business owners? It's pretty much, we have anyone and everyone from all over the world, uh, you know, from salespeople to, to CEOs, to, uh, uh, management to, but a lot of entrepreneurs, that tends to be the, the hmm. market I attract a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs. But yeah, yeah it's a, uh, the go giver without the hyphen, the go giver community.com. The go giver community.com. We'll go to the go giver community.com, check it out. Um, man, Bob, this has been really valuable. Again, I'm not just blowing, blowing smoke. I really do. We love your book. We send it to people, we send it to friends, family, team members. Uh, it's impactful and we're grateful for it. Uh, um, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything, any last words you want to add? Anything you wish people would know that you would just love for them to take action on or to think about? Well, I remember a mentor once saying to me, this is many, many years ago, he said, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in business, a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target mm -hmm. is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward and that reward will come in the form of money and you can do with that money, whatever you choose, but never forget the money is simply the reward for hitting your target. The target, right? The target is serving others. And I think when we come at it from that, from that uh, viewpoint, from that foundational premise, we really are nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game. Mm, I love that. I feel like there's, you cannot be reminded of that too often. It's not possible. That's such a good reminder. Cool. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks again for sharing. For everyone listening, watching, uh, go to care.com slash impact uh, to get the show notes on the episode and see the other uh, content we've put out this month around impact and see how you can make a bigger impact in your business. Hopefully you found this helpful. If you have any thoughts for myself, for Bob, any questions, uh, hit me up, brady at care.com. I'd love to chat. So anyways, 
Thank you all for listening. Uh, Share this podcast up, tell a friend about it, and we will see you all next week. Bye.